0: You're listening to the Comic Book Informer Podcast with Vincent Raj, a podcast for everyone from comic nerds to comic noobs. You know who you are. Now here's your host, Raj. Hello and welcome to the Common Book and Forward Podcast. This is Roger coming to you on December 3rd for our 150th episode. I does not mean apparently anything to Vince, but it does to me. I'm quite proud that we've reached 150 without me wanting to strangle you by the neck.
1: Let's be honest, you have wanted to. I, strangle you I by have me. a couple of times. Blah, 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 Thor.
0: God damn it. Why can't I reach through the internet?
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> we've got a good episode here that we're gonna be talking about saga, something that has been brought up several times over the podcast. But before we get to that, as we had been talking about the last few episodes, I had those signed samurai jacks that we were giving it away. And I just wanna let everybody know who's listening. If you emailed and requested one, it's coming to you. All of you got them. I still actually have a couple left. People didn't realize I bought this many. <laughs> I think still are a few, but you didn't email, screw you. I'm keeping those. Those are mine. (laughs) But just to let folks know in the future, if we're giving away signed copies, don't be afraid to email or think it's too late. If I've got a bunch of them, I bought a bunch and that's for you guys. Feel the love. So we are going to be talking about Saga. Oh, you know what? (laughs) Actually, before we do that, you can tell I'm prep day. (laughs) I can't prepare. This is why I only host every five episodes. Um, we had talked about the movie Superman not that long ago. And I finally got a chance to watch it on during the weekend. And I'm trying to remember. I wasn't going to go back and find the episode where you mentioned it. And as I has been established, I don't listen to you. I can't remember. Did you say you really liked it or not?
1: I did really enjoy it, yes. We did not. Okay. And a lot, it, it It's a very uh, polarizing film. So Yeah, not
0: because it, of the wanton violence and mass destruction. That was uh, my favorite part. That was kind of cool. <laughs> Those special effects were pretty freaking awesome. I will give them that. And the fact that he didn't care about the city and he just went ballistic instead of taking people, I don't care. It was, it was a, his first day on the job. Yeah, it was a big fight too. But my my problems were just that the movie as a whole didn't, there were too many points where I was kind of like, eh, that's kind of stupid even for a comic book adaptation kind of thing. But even that I could, I could deal with and get past kind of thing for the most part, not know, but for the most part, the main problem I had is that the title character had no on-screen presence except for being a big meaty juicy guy so i can see how it would appeal to a lot of folks because of that and he was well cast for being incredibly buff but he was so freaking boring and i know that part of that was his character that he was supposed to be kind of mellow and all that but my god he had i just found him so ugh I had no interest in him whatsoever,
1: which is pretty much the same as our feelings about the character. To begin, with. yes and no.
0: I mean, you can still watch the old classic Superman and still enjoy Christopher Reeves, not because mm-hmm. you know in memory this of kind of thing, but he still had a presence, and he there was still something about him that you liked. This guy is just wallpaper. He was. I just. Yeah, it was nothing. And it's funny because we started watching Arrow on TV. I had actually kind of thought it was probably going to be stupid. So we had stayed away from it. But it was Tartu said, no, it's good. Watch it. Of course, again, she might have just been talking because he's so freaking buff as well. (laughs) Which he is. But that guy's fun to watch on screen, even though he's a mellow character as well. So you can be mellow. And still be have an on-screen presence that's fun to watch. And I just found that dude in Superman, I don't know his name, was really not interesting to watch at all.
1: No, I, I can see that. but so, you know, As long as he was punching people through buildings, I was good. Man. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I did really uh, like Michael Shannon. His performance is odd.
0: Yeah, he wasn't bad. He wasn't bad. And um, Costner was just... Kevin Costner was great. Freaking, I want Kevin Costner to be my dad. He was awesome. He was free. Your dad doesn't listen to this podcast. Does he? <laughs> <laughs> well, hi, Dad. <laughs> no offense, <laughs> but yeah, he was good. I found that um, what's his name, uh, Zoro, his uh, what's that, Russell, Russell Crowe. Crow. I thought he was also kind of boring. I didn't so like usual.
1: any of the Kryptonian stuff in the movie.
0: Yeah, see, that's the other thing too. Way highly advanced, still writing bugs. What? What's up with that? <laughs> it looked you? cool in Avatar. Yeah, it just kind of didn't fit. The whole stuff with Krypton was kind of... I think that they tried too hard to reimagine, and that's mm-hmm. kind of what put me off on some of it. And then the reimagining of different things with the official kind of Superman lore, not that I'm that attached to it to begin with, but still it was like, I don't know. It it didn't seem to work. I'm all right with it being different, but it was different and didn't really seem to work or not nearly as interesting kind of thing. So it was like, eh, I really didn't care for it. So, okay. So just let her bring that up. Moving on to Saga, <laughs> Speaking of things that I'd said I didn't like. <laughs>
1: <laughs> now but I, I have it on good authority you take things too seriously
0: oh please don't go there <laughs> let's, let's not do that
1: oh god uh,
0: you you had to do that didn't you yeah I've been I've been waiting <laughs> for a long time apparently not the only one um, now I have gone on record saying on the show quite a few times that of what I'd read a saga I wasn't impressed and for the most part and that the shock jock moments to me came off as bad writing. And to explain that, what I mean when I say that is that it's my opinion and I want to be very clear here so that people don't have to say, Oh, you're saying everybody should hate it. No, no, no. It's not what I'm saying at all. If you are using shocking imagery or ideas, for the sole purpose of getting attention, to me, that comes off as bad writing. If it doesn't feel like it should be long in the story, but it's there glaringly, just so that you can put on your resume <laughs> that comicsology banned an issue to get a lot of attention kind of thing. Now, I'm sure that's not what his original plan was, but... I do believe that it is to some of these things are just for the shock value and not you have something to say.
1: I'm just laughing because Matt Fraction is carrying that banner around for sex criminals. (laughs) I'm pretty sure the cover to issue three actually said banned by Apple.
0: (laughs) So to me, that's moving on. That's not good writing. Does it sell comics? I'm Sure, it probably does, and I'm sure that there's a certain business element that goes into that that I'm not privy to, and that I would not necessarily you know do and The thing that's important to note here as well, and this is just so that and it's not to defend my opinion we're going to be talking about it as we go along, but again if if it's coming off as just shock for the sake of shock to get attention. To me that's not just bad writing, but it's 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 not mature writing either. Now that's not to say that these things in the in the comic book shocked me per se, or that I have a problem with them per se. I don't. I don't really shock easily. I have as has been I've made,
1: seen the internet.
0: <laughs> yeah. I, I I anyone that's listened to our other explicit podcasts have heard me and know that you know I can dish it out pretty good, and I don't care if something's harsh or whatever. in some cases, I prefer it because it fits in with the story, so it's not that I'm averse to anything that is shocking not at all it's when it's forced in somewhere, and that's when it's the writer in me that takes offense, not the you know delicate nature, no it's the writer in me saying that's wrong you're you're using it just as a tool. Like a child waving your arm saying, look at me, look at me, instead of relying on the strong writing. Because when it's not doing that, Saga is very well written, exceptionally well written. When it's not trying to shock you for the sake of attention, it's very, very well written, enjoyable, and you do want to keep reading it to find out what is going to happen to the characters. The characters are phenomenal for the most part when it's not trying to make one of the lead characters seem like a porn star. You know, when it's not when it's not trying to appeal to the 13, 14 year old boy demographic, it's a phenomenal common book. Thoughts?
1: Yeah, I- I One thing I most enjoy about Saga is the incredible amount of depth that uh, Vaughn and Staples have put into the actual world, universe, if you will, and how there's so much depth to every planet they visit, every race they meet. It, it's very unique. It's very distinct. And it really enhances the overall story that's being told on top of it.
0: Yeah. Well, part of that is, as he has said too, like this was all conceived in his childhood and fictional universe, he said that he's been working on and creating for a long time. The the problem is, is that you can tell at points that it was created when he was a child or these (laughs) ideas, especially in those teenage years. And to the point where he's called it Star Wars for perverts. That kind of tells you something, okay? (laughs) So, So you know what you're getting into there, which again then when you're getting those scenes where alana is basically talking like a porn star of the i'll do anything you want where do you want to mm, and all of this other stuff it's like you're you're catering to the 13 14 year olds here who think that this is actually how things work <laughs> and so or when you're getting the sex scene sex scene on the robot face and you're like what how why? It 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 doesn't fit anywhere. Or the massive schlong hanging, chasing after them. Like all of these things are, it's forced into the story. It doesn't belong. And if it wasn't there, it would be so much stronger. And it's not that you can't have shocking. You have the sex slave girl thing that was, that whole story arc, very well handed handled maturely very delicate subject as well because it's something that happens in our world and yet very well handled so it's it's not to say that you can't have shocking just handle it better so that it's not just a look at me look at me kind of thing
1: yeah i mean a lot of the uh, the elements kind of do jump out at you and i i wouldn't say like personally when i see it i don't think it's there sort of as a uh, Trying to grab attention, I think they're just you know personally and artistically trying to push as many boundaries as they can, and you just did trying not say artistically. <laughs> it's valid
0: with a giant schlong chasing after you. That's artistically.
1: Come on,
0: that one's different. <laughs>
1: <laughs> if, you're, if you're talking about the giant ogre monster, I think they were just trying to come up with the most grotesque thing they could oh, imagine, and my. that's what they got. <laughs> but, I mean, I, I like I said, like you, I don't shock easily either, so... Yeah, there are times where it seemed maybe out of place, but like we said, it bothered me less than it bothered you overall.
0: And again, it's not. I
1: I think they were they were trying to go for like sort of you know thematic juxtaposition or, or something like that. And it's a question of if they successfully did that or not.
0: No, and and again, it's not that it bothers me to bother me i would have to be invested which i'm not it's a freaking comic book it's just that i see it differently because i'm analyzing it and 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 looking at it in a way wherein i'm saying i can see it for what it is it's like listening to a howard stern show you know you you have to see it for what it is and not say well this is art no he's trying to shock you for attention and this is the same thing when i'm seeing those elements in here and it's disappointing because of the strength of everything else that when you have those childish elements that are in it i don't look at it and say oh it's not a big deal it's a comic book no I'm, i'm seeing a story i'm seeing something that is a great story regardless of the medium and so Yes, I'm taking it too seriously. I'm, I'm wishing that <laughs> it re- maintained the same level of maturity and depth, and you know, still, it can still be harsh and be gripping without being stupid and shocking for the sake of attention. So, now moving away from that, let's actually talk about what has been transpiring in the comic book. So, up to date, they're they're up to uh, issue number sixteen. If you haven't read any, well. There's going to be some spoilers, so there you go. The main characters, of course, are Lana and Marco, who are opposing factions in an ongoing war who fall in love. It's basically Romeo and Juliet in space. There's a lot of, quote-unquote, air quotes borrowing from different elements, be they Romeo and Juliet or Star Wars. He's even said Silver Surfer, which I thought was funny. Uh, But you get all kinds of different things that are tossed in there. And they eventually have a child, and then they're on the run. There's a lot of supporting characters in this story. Well, actually, damn near all of them. Much like other stories that series that we've read where we love them just because the supporting cast is so strong. Here you have, the, the, the baby actually is, even though she's a baby, Hazel, actually has a very good presence in the series because of the narration that happens throughout. So you get to hear her thoughts as one would presume an adult, a teenager or an adult, looking back at her child as a, uh, her life as a child. So you had those scribbled narrations, which are really, really cool. Actually, those scribbles are actually done by the artist Fiona Staples as well, which, quick comment on the art, absolutely phenomenal.
1: Oh, wow. Oh. Yeah, definitely, and the Hazel's narration actually gives the comic an interesting flow because it's not a constant presence. Yeah, you know, some issues it's not there at all. Some issues, you know, it's there much more frequently. But it's one of those things that because it's used so sparingly, it is something you pay attention to, and it lends a, a different feel to those story moments where she is narrating.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, the narration parts are actually quite good, and as of been made obvious many times if we have a problem with narration we bring it up but in this case it's very well handled so then again supporting cast you have the babysitter (laughs) Isabel who's one of my favorite characters oh she is fantastic just a great character but yeah half a half a teenage girl with the guts and trails kind of wandering behind her but she is phenomenal, yeah. And then you have Marco's parents, Bar and Clara. Actually, you only have the father for a little while before he passes away, which lends itself to some very powerful, very well-written, again, moments with them. Because, again, Marco's parents, being the same race, obviously, as Marco, are enemies of Alana and her race. And so when they first meet up, there's this transition period where they have to learn to adapt to accept her for who she is and not for her race and for what her race has done to their race over a great many years. So again, some some very interesting scenes there. And both of those characters are very good, although you, like I said, the father passes on early enough. He's probably only in a couple issues, two or three, I think probably only two, actually.
1: Uh, I think he's... Yeah, he's in two – well, technically he's in three, but I think one of them is just like when he showed up on the last page. Yeah, so.
0: and then the the mother is still along for the ride, and she is a battle-hardened warrior mother, grandmother now. <laughs> and so <laughs> the scenes between her and Alana are actually superbly interesting, especially because she wants to impart some of her – Experience and knowledge, and the way that she raised Marco, which, as you find out in flashbacks, was pretty goddamn harsh. (laughs) But again, that's because of everything they'd
1: been through. It it makes sense. So, see, and I also really loved the scenes between Barr and Alana. Oh, yeah. uh, When they were on the ship, because it was the first time in the series where Alana really appeared soft. I mean, for the first eight issues they're running for their lives and in constant battle and this was the first time she really opened up to someone and it, it it made Alana a much more interesting character because Barr was so well developed.
0: Well what I liked about it and what made sense again is you have these two warriors because they were still warriors so you have these two warriors that meet up with um, Alana and Markle on their ship and I love that it's a a tree ship <laughs> made me think of what is it farscape yeah it made me think of that um anyways what i liked is that both of them immediately have a problem with this but because bar is dying and he understands how how few days he has he accepts it so much faster and he comes to terms with it so much faster and then starts making them close (laughs) out of nowhere there, but it made sense in the story. So I I liked how they reacted differently based on the history that the characters have. And again, good writing because only had so much time to make you accept these characters and to like them and to understand where they've been and where they are now and giving them separate histories like that. It was, again, very well handled. Mm -hmm. And then you also have a couple of bounty hunters that are basically sent after Lana and Marco because what they're doing is illegal, immoral, blah, blah, blah. They have to die. So you have different factions sending off these bounty hunters to kill them. And so those characters, again, they're not two-dimensional. You have a lot of depth there. To the characters, especially like the Will, when you are seeing him with the various people he's had a history with, how he handles the sex slave girl and tries to save her, the the illusions that he is seeing and how he's dealing with that when they're on that one planet kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, there's a lot there that you would think, well, there's a couple of hitmen sent after them. It's going to be pretty, you know, two-dimensional, as is often the case with
1: such characters but no, it's well handled and very well written. I would go so far as to say that, as of right now, the Will is the most interesting character in the entire comic.
0: He's close to the top. He's, yeah, and, I, I, I prefer the writer. <laughs> <laughs> no <laughs> bias I'm there. I'm sure you do, yeah.
1: <laughs> but I mean, and the Will sidekick is the best character. The Lion Cat. Yes, yes, Lion Cat. Lion Cat is cool. I almost bought a Lion Cat teacher a while back. <laughs>
0: But yeah, though, so again, you're getting good characters. The the uh, writer in question is, Alana's favorite novel is basically this, what many believe to be just this trashy romance novel, but there is an underlying truth there that is what helped pave the way for Alana and Marco to get together. And so they go to hide out at this writer's place and to speak to him in different things. And they find him to be a very interesting character that offers not just a home to stay in, but a lot of insight in terms of what they should be doing and things like that. And gets, there's the possibility of already a little side romance there with, (laughs) with Clara. Um, And then you have, again, Isabella's there. The, the weakest character, in my opinion, of course, is the villain in all this. And that is Prince robot, the fourth, who, the whole idea of these robots to me is very
1: I think it's hilarious. Do
0: you I it to me it doesn't fit. And I'm not just talking about what you see on their screens. <laughs> I'm talking I don't know, maybe it's because they're not explained enough or how it fits in, but and I I can appreciate that you're trying to create different races and different things because it's other worlds and times and everything like that, but and just people with TVs on their head it doesn't do much for me but you
1: like I, it. I, I think it's it, it, yeah I, I'm not going to say there's a whole lot of depth there and no. that he's a, he's a terribly well developed and interesting character but I, I he fits in with the story and I said I I just think it's kind of funny see when you're looking at all of
0: the other characters being so well developed so well written and everything and then you have this guy who's supposed to be the big bad guy and he's pretty freaking boring and stupid and no presence whatsoever. And it's well, not for I lack of trying. So far as to
1: say he's the bad guy. I mean, he himself is basically forced into the situation. He would rather be at home with his pregnant fiance.
0: Even then. Even then. But again, just my opinion, but I think that's the weakest part. So anyways, the crew is now with the writer at their home. They're trying to figure out what they're going to do and how they're going to live because they're kind of... On the lamb, and they've already hopped a couple of planets, and at the last point that we've seen the TV guy is now the the cable guy is showing up at the TV at <laughs> the house, and so we're just waiting to find out what's going to happen. There's been some flashbacking because this actually happened a few issues back, and so there's quite a bit of flashbacking. I wasn't expecting bit. yeah that much. The issues worth to like, show you to the
1: point where happening. they finally caught back up. I'd forgotten about yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs>
0: So pretty soon, if not 17, I'm thinking freaking soon, we're going to be seeing what's going to be happening because it left off with Robot Dude talking to the writer whom he shot, and the cast is now upstairs hiding. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens because of the proximity to the big bad guy. So And then they had,
1: um, like we talked about how... The small bits of narration, you know, add a lot to the story because where issue sixteen ended, you know, it's not just Prince Robot now. Gwendolyn has shown up, mm-hmm. and it was uh, Hazel's narration. I don't have it in front of me right at this moment. It was something along the lines of, "And that's when things got really bad." Yeah, yeah, <laughs> because she's
0: pissed. That is who Marco was supposed to marry initially, and that didn't work out very well. And and she, she she's not happy. He still has the ring, <laughs> and gave it to Alana as well. So.
1: <laughs> this is not going to end well
0: <laughs> so that's it in a nutshell up till now that's what's been happening again if you if you can get past the points or it's not going to bother everybody or it's not going to be something that most people you know care about the those shocking moments then there's very good engaging story to enjoy if you're like me and you don't really like Shocking thing I shouldn't say that you don't like a writer using shock for the sake of just getting attention then and I'm not you know maybe that's not what he's doing, but that's what it is <laughs> then again, just look past those like I did and and read it all i I do think it's worth reading i It put me off simply because not because it put me off and I was offended but because. I've got little time to read. As it is, I already read a lot of bad things, thanks to you. <laughs> so, and chance. Don't worry, there's more coming. So I don't tend to waste my time. If I think, well, this is just going to be bad writing where they're trying to shock me, I'm not going to waste my time. So I'm glad I did take the time to actually go through it all and read it all. It is very well written. He's He's got talent. Yes, he borrows from a lot of things as well, and he does use shock for the sake of just getting attention, but there's also... Some very good story elements, some very good characters as well. So, any parting thoughts on it?
1: I, I'm glad that you actually did uh, take take the chance on this one because I am not one of those people, you know, trumpeting from the mountaintops about how fantastic the series is. I really enjoy it, though, and uh, it's cool that that you uh, went back on your initial interpretations and gave it a second chance. Yeah.
0: So let's talk about some of what we're reading now. And talking about bad comics that I sometimes read. <laughs> now, that said, although A plus X started off so I can't believe you keep looking into this. That's coming, because yeah. they're good now. Dude, how many issues have I told you about recently? I Especially think this the third. with with Superman that or Spider Man, I should say. Superman. That are really freaking good. So now I check. I look who's in it and see whether it's worth getting or not and again it's it's like a 180 turn from what it was before so the one that I read was number 14 and of course it's got Spider-Man <laughs> so it's got Superior you're spider you're part of
1: the problem Roger <laughs> and Magneto I'm Remember gonna when the 90s Wolverine just showed up and everything.
0: Yeah, really. <laughs> that's
1: that's that's auto now. They're gonna learn if they put Spider-Man on a cover to something, Roger's gonna buy it. And talk about it.
0: <laughs> so, anyways, it's Spider-Man and uh, and Magneto. And it's great because of the dialogue throughout the whole thing. It doesn't really matter what they're doing, it's the dialogue between the two of them where Magneto is slamming any quote-unquote super villain as being stupid and everything else not associating himself with that group because as he says he wasn't a villain he was just passionate about freeing mutants and things like that so he doesn't in his mind see himself in the same group as say Doc Ock, which he never brings up, but <laughs> Otto has some problems with <laughs> these, some of these comments based on who he used to be. So you get some really, really interesting dialogue between the two of them. I actually enjoyed it a lot. The second part, though, was just Scott Summers and Captain America, and we've seen that a few times. I actually didn't finish reading it. I kind of started and went, man. Eh, <laughs> I've had enough of that pairing, even though Dr. Doom was actually in it. But it was like, well,
1: come on then.
0: No, nah, I'm, I'm not going to read it. So so I stopped. Uh, did you read uh, Black Science? I did. What did you think of it?
1: I think I need more to really fully judge it. I, it looks at this point, Matt uh, Reminder, geez, Rick Reminder, just came up with some crazy ideas and yet let uh, Mateo Scalero go nuts with it. Jeez, oh, the art is amazing. <laughs> Oh my God! And, and not it, just not just the uh, sclera. I think Dean White did the coloring on this one. Is that the same person who did the right the art?
0: Ugh, the coloring on Uncanny X Force because it's a lot of the same
1: palette. I believe so. Yeah, yeah, a lot of the same palette. Those two together are just. Yeah. Even with no words on the page, it was awesome. Yeah. Would have been awesome. I said, I I don't know where the story or the characters are going, but if they can give me crazy sci fi crap like that every month, I'm
0: in. I thought that the writing was a little bit trying a little too hard at points, Mm -hmm. if you know what I mean. It was overly descriptive, wordy, you know, I sound like an idiot saying it like that, but you know what I mean? It was like he was trying a little too hard to be, to sound like more than it had to be for the story Mm -hmm. to progress. So, but I mean, that's sometimes what he does. So, but he uh, he
1: tends to go for that old school style quite a bit.
0: Yeah. Did you finally read the long shots? Save the Marvel Universe? I have not read that yet, no. I would actually say pass. Pass. You okay. have enough to read already, as do I. And quite frankly, I'm not even certain. I read one and two. I don't even know if I'm going to bother reading the rest. So, I see, the thing is, I remember Longshot when they first brought him out. And thinking at the time that he was a cool character. Mullet and all. <laughs> so, at the time, he was interesting. The whole uh, Domon stuff was, was cool and different and and, and things like that. Plus... I was young and a lot more forgiving. I don't know if I would feel the same way reading it now. And so reading the character now, it was like, "Ah, he's annoying. He's a little too full of himself. And the whole everything's a luck thing is just, it's like over and over and over again. Mm -hmm. It's like, we get it. He's lucky. Let's just move on. So I, yeah, I read one and two and I really don't
1: know if I'm going to even bother with uh, the rest of it. Yeah, Longshot's a fun supporting character. Yeah, like he was a blast in uh, X Factor, but I, I don't know if he can carry a series on his own. I honestly, I don't think so. I really don't think so.
0: Uh, and finally, Wolvie and his peeps. Did you read the latest yes. one? Did you read both of them?
1: Uh, I actually read 38. Okay, so you didn't read the annual
0: no, I didn't actually.
1: Oh, you need to read the okay. annual. All right. Because it, it, as you see in 38 when Kid Gladiator literally shows up out of nowhere. It, the the entire annual is the Kid Gladiator story.
0: Oh, okay.
1: All
0: right. Um, yeah, this was all right. I mean, it was expected because of the the shield thing with mm-hmm. them kind of dropping down and if you didn't know the Dazzler is actually Mystique which I'm behind on those. Oh. So I didn't know that. To be <laughs> honest,
1: I, I'd forgotten.
0: Yeah, I'm just, I'm behind. <laughs> because so Mystique's doing such a good job. <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh, by the way, this is Mystique. I'm going, what? <laughs> Where the hell did that come from?
1: Yeah, that was in uh, Uncanny X-Men. Yeah, I know. I'm behind. Oh,
0: like, you...
1: There's only so much time in a day.
0: I know. <laughs> me some slack. So it's interesting to see what they're doing, too, with the inf- infiltrating wolfies school really you got nothing better to do so i'm curious where it's gonna go from there
1: and i love how they actually paid some lip service to the fact that so much has gone on in the comics in the last few months like with infinity and battle for the atom and even before then in uh wolverine with the the whole hellfire club thing (laughs) like we haven't seen the school in like a year yeah (laughs) so i think it's hilarious that they actually mentioned that on the page oh did you read uncanny
0: x-men 2 the newest one 14 yes with the morph dude and with bakalo yes that was really good yeah i actually really enjoyed that a lot i did that's again there's where you can just create a new character And a good writer can take a character and suddenly make it someone that you really care about. Mm -hmm. And they did a great job with this character. Like,
1: I, yeah, I'm really hoping that they're going to make good use of this guy because it was fun to watch. Yeah, they took seemingly the most useless character on the team and made him awesome. Awesome, yeah. I mean, he's still not gold balls.
0: No, but... but. (laughs) I love that they made reference to that at the bottom, too. At the end. <laughs> <laughs>
1: too bad Cold Balls is taken. <laughs> All right. What do you got? All right. Uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Uh, I think it was issue 28 came out oh, last dude. week. The uh, finale to City Fall did not disappoint. I'm
0: so behind. Oh, my God. I know. I, I know.
1: I know. I'm behind. I have to read them. And, like, as, as somebody who also watched the cartoon when he was a kid when Rocksteady and Bebop finally show up in the comic. And, you know, there's still a couple of numbskulls like they were in the cartoon because those characters were created for the cartoon. Those weren't in the old comics or anything. But bringing them into this, you know, serious situation of the comics. And yeah, they're kind of goofy, but they're badass. Hmm. <laughs> they were pretty awesome. Uh, pretty deadly issue too. Oh, <laughs> I... <laughs> Continues to be phenomenal and still expanding their mythology going on here. And they did a very important thing in my eyes. And once Ginny finally shows up, she's not this unstoppable force of destruction. I mean, yeah, she wades through the cannon fodder pretty quickly and effortlessly. But there's going to be, you know, some struggle on her end that we can see. And I, I appreciate that because I've seen – entirely too many comics where oh you know you you know the death you know the 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 spirit of vengeance you know all the all these things that we've seen over the years is just an unstoppable force and that's not going to be jenny cool and finally infinity wrapped up uh this past week very very well done by hickman i mean it says a lot that there was no big you know headline grabbing moves in the storyline, like, oh, oh, we killed this person. Oh, this changed forever. It was just a very solid story beginning to end. And it was very much an Avengers story. It wasn't so much a big Marvel story. I mean, yeah, we had a little tie-ins with like Guardians of the Galaxy and stuff, but I mean I don't think this would read very well at all if you just read the Infinity one through six. You really do need the Avengers and new Avengers issues to fill in the gaps in the story. As well as you kind of really needed to read everything leading up to Infinity because all the stuff with uh, the builders and you know the the new Avengers with the universes coming together, like it all came together into the story. And the finale was pretty friggin' awesome <laughs> <laughs> to the point where we've seen in so many big events when Thor shows up and enters the fray. Oh, you know the bad guy's in trouble, and Thanos just looks up in the sky and asks for more. <laughs> <laughs> Slaps Thor with like with a backhand and sends him flying. So you'll appreciate that. And then it's it, my new wallpaper. <laughs> it also really sets up some very interesting storylines going forward uh, because the whole incursion thing going on with the new Avengers that's still a very big issue. And, you know, the, a lot of their arsenal was destroyed in the attack, but now they have a new threatening weapon. Like There's some really good stuff going on there. I'm really looking forward to reading Avenger, uh, new Avengers uh, going forward after Infinity. Cool. That and it? that's it for me.
0: All right, cool. So let's talk about what's coming up this week. And actually, just in case, because you tend to follow a little bit more what's happening than me, Amazing Spider-Man 700.1.
1: Basically, they had a bunch of writers and artists that wanted to do Peter Parker stories.
0: Uh, okay, because I read the the blurb on it on the, uh, on the site when they were talking about it, and it was just talking about Peter Parker's back. And yeah, so going, they, they had
1: some guys that really wanted to do Peter Parker stuff, so they went, uh, okay, we'll go back in time and let you do some Peter Parker comics. <sighs>
0: Bastards. Anyways, so there you go. <laughs> Amazing Spider-Man 700.1. Amazing X-Men number two, which is like first on my reading list. Is that? If it has an X
1: or a spider in it, you're you're (laughs) on board.
0: At this point, yes. Cataclysm, the Ultimate's Last Stand, number 2 of 5, Deadpool, number 20, Phantom X Max, number 3 of 4, Fearless Defenders, number 12, the final issue, Indestructible. Indestructible Hulk annual number 1 Inhumanity number 1 Iron Man number 19 Longshot saves the Marvel Universe number 3 of 4 Marvel Knights Spider-Man number 3 of 5 Marvel Knights X-Men number 2 of 5 Secret Avengers 12 Superior Spider-Man number 23 Superior Spider-Man Team-Ups number 7 <laughs> I didn't even plan that X-Men Legacy number 21 Tons of stuff for you to read. On the DC side, we got stuff that I don't even care about, but I put it here anyways. Action Comics number 26, Batman Superman number 6, Batwing 26, Detective Comics 26, Earth 218, Green Arrow 26, other 26s are also Green Lantern and Swamp Thing, I'm starting to sound like (laughs) Joe, Trillium number 5 of 8, and Trinity of Sin, The Phantom Stranger number 14, I just put that in in case you're enjoying Trinity of Sin. I'm not. Who is that? Yeah, somebody somewhere is. On the image side, we've got Burn the Orphanage yes. number two of three. We've got Invincible Universe number eight. Are you still are you up to date with those? I don't think I'm up to date on Invincible Universe. I have to get up to date.
1: I know I'm up to date on actual Invincible Man.
0: Because I miss that stuff. And then we've got Velvet number two as well. On from the others, we've got Star Trek Con, number three of five, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Villains, Microseries number eight. On Shredder and Transformers More the Meets the Eye number 24 all of those from IDW lots of good stuff to read so that's going to wrap it up for today like I said anybody who sent an email you will have a comic book sent to you so if you have not sent me your address please email me now your address and don't try to sneak in now saying oh yeah I sent it to you it must have gone to your spam field it's too late for you folks <laughs> you're not getting any I'm keeping them framing them or giving them to my friends I have a
1: couple. I I might have sent you two or three myself. (laughs)
0: Anyways, (laughs) so make sure to check out the show notes at comicbookinformer.com. Of course, we are on Twitter at CB Informer, and we will talk to you guys next week.